Percy, we've been having some conversations lately about mental health and well-being. Why are we giving the topic so much attention? You're right, Wayne. We have had a lot of conversation and we will continue to have some more conversation with upcoming shows. Uh, I have learned that when certain guests uh, on a certain subject and topic come to me, I believe God is trying to reinforce a school of thought that's important. And, And of late, I've had a lot of people who have wanted to talk about this topic and this subject. And in this particular case, we're going to talk to a healthcare professional uh, around this subject. But uh, according to Forbes Health article, uh, there are some mental health statistics uh, dated April 28th, 2023. And I'll just read a real quick snippet that says okay. this, that the percentage of U.S. adults receiving mental health treatment rose from 19 percent in 2019 uh, to 21% in 2021. And of course, this is a couple of years old. So with that trend, I would imagine that that number continues to go up. And so what that says to me at the end of the day is that there is something going on here that we need to talk about. And then according to another article written by Mental Health America, uh, it says that it is estimated that up to one third of people treated for cancer in hospitals have a common mental health condition. Hmm. So the reason why we're talking about it, because I think that it's necessary, and let's continue this discussion of cancer and mental health today with this conversation, my friend. Yeah, stay with us. We're going to hear from an oncology psychiatric nurse practitioner on health, hope, and inspiration. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, who is National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we're grateful to be with you here today. For this conversation, don't ignore your brain. It requires attention. Boy, Percy, I, that's a topic I can get into, huh? Indeed, my friend. It is a topic that we can certainly get into, and it's an important topic. Just based upon a couple of quick statistics that I read earlier, it tells us that, you know, we cannot ignore the dynamic of what's going on with people and what's happening in our brain and, and mental health. We know that that's part of the landscape of conversation, that people are talking more and more openly about it. But within the cancer community, this is also an important topic that is needing to be addressed and followed up upon. So I think that we're going to really dig into some really good things that will help all of us today. All right. We look forward to hearing from a guest. Sheena Mm -hmm. Hill-Dilla is with us today. And by the way, she's going to be with us next time as well. There's so much to share here. So we look forward to that conversation. Uh, Percy, we we had a name change. We're now uh, sponsored by and produced by City of Hope. And a listener contacted us recently to ask a question about that. They did. And so this is from El Segundo, California. Uh, And it says this, it's exciting to hear that City of Hope Cancer Hospitals are now your new sponsor. What is City of Hope's national ranking? And I thought this was a, yeah, Yeah. it is a very good question. And so I have an answer. And so here we are. Uh, City of Hope, one of the largest cancer research and treatment organizations in the United States was recognized as the seventh best hospital for cancer in the nation, according to the U.S. News and World Reports 2022-23 rankings. This was the 16th consecutive year 
it has been distinguished as one of the nation's elite cancer hospitals. Good and to so know. with yeah. that, that is great to know. And uh, as I've stated uh, before, and I continue to state, I'm super excited uh, of being part of City of Hope and uh, and looking forward uh, to growth and expansion as we are able to reach more people and service more people. And again, in the words of, of our CEO, and democratize cancer today, mm. where cancer treatment is being made available to anyone and everyone uh, when they need it at all times. And so there you have it. Uh, number seven in uh, U.S. News World Report ranking. How about that? Good. Well, thank you for asking that question. And if you have a related question or just want to share with us that you're listening, or maybe you have a cancer-related question, non-medical, of course, you can reach us at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect and type in your response or your question there. healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Connect. Well, Percy, you are National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope. You're also a pastor, though, and you're committed to Scripture. And so we share Scripture on this podcast. We do. And so uh, our spiritual nugget for today is found in Romans 12, 2. And based upon the conversation of mental wellness, uh, mental well-being, our mind, our brain, I thought that this would be a very appropriate Scripture, and it reads as follows. I beseech you, therefore or the word beseech there, beg, plead uh, with you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. People who come to uh, treat uh, for cancer are, are treating something that has happened to them physically, right? Mm-hmm. But then listen to the rest of the scripture, Wayne. It says, which is holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Yeah. Verse 2. And it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so the combination of there being a physical dynamic that people with cancer are addressing, but they also are being impacted by what's going on with them mentally as well. And in many cases, what is happening to many people physically may very well have something to do with what's going on with them mentally. So when we talk about addressing our physical well-being it only makes sense that we probably need to look at and address what's going on with us mentally yeah. as well. And that's what we're going to talk about yeah. today. Through our guest who will join us here in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope with locations from coast to coast. Their team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals. There are graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, volunteers, and support staff all united by their desire to find cures and save lives. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE or 4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Hey, hey, hey. As always, we talk to cancer patients, their caregivers, or individuals who are working in the field of cancer support clinically, uh, mentally, emotionally, nutritionally. Today, we have with us Sheena Hill Dilla, who is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And she brings to this conversation today 
uh, a conversation that I think is important and a topic in terms of talking about mental health and wellness and certainly within the cancer community. She's been uh, with uh, City of Hope Phoenix now for 11 years and she has a lot to say and she's very passionate about this conversation. So first and foremost, welcome to the platform and welcome to the microphone. Sheena, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's my privilege and pleasure. You're also a mother of one. You're a wife. So you're a busy lady. You got you got a full <laughs> life going on, right? <laughs> I, I, I am. <laughs> yes. It's all good. It's, it's very good, though. It's, that's great. Well, in, in talking with you before we started recording, what was clear to me is that there's an effervescence and there is a, a energy about you in your your personality and your persona that I think suits you well for the type of work that you do. You heard the uh, introduction. You know, you are a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. You are board certified. Uh, help us to understand a little bit about that that pretty extensive title. What is that? What is the role of that? How does that function within the construct of what you do at City of Hope uh, Cancer Centers and Hospitals? So as a uh, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, um, basically my role um, in the in the cancer um, setting is that um, I diagnose, or I'm sorry, I assess, um, diagnose, and treat um, patients that are needing my services. Um, in in the oncology setting, um, you know, there's patients that are needing support from from that aspect. Um, and so my role is to um, basically help them if they are in need of medication management. Um, in addition to my practice, what makes my practice unique is that I incorporate um, supportive uh, psychotherapy mm -hmm. uh, with my visits, okay. uh, which is also part of uh, my training in school. Um, so that's my services as far as um, in our in our setting. Okay, okay. So that sounds significant, and I want to read some things. Uh, with your permission and uh, uh, that I found online. You know, you have to be careful sometimes what you find online, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is a, uh, uh, some information and some data from the National Cancer Institute. So they're, they're a well-respected organization. I think that'll help to set the, the pace and the stage for this conversation. Uh, a couple of bullet points. It says, one in three people with cancer experience mental or emotional distress. Uh, it is most common, which I did not know this, in breast cancer patients, 42%, and head and neck cancer patients, 41%. It also says that up to 25% of cancer survivors experience symptoms of depression and up to 45% experience anxiety. I was aware of the anxiety component. And then it also says that many cancer survivors also experience symptoms meeting the criteria for PTSD. That being said, I, you can jump in anywhere that you'd like with regard to any of those bullet points. What say you about some of the information that is being printed or has been printed by the National Cancer Institute with respect to uh, cancer diagnosis on mental health? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, um, psychiatry or mental health is huge in cancer diagnosis. You know, you gotta, you just gotta remember, an individual is has been given a life-changing diagnosis. Yep. It not only affects that individual, 
but it affects everyone around them and everything around them, basically. Mm. Um, it affects their loved ones, um, work, um, relationships. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's everything. It's not just the individual. Yeah. Um, so it is huge. It's so important. Mental health is so important in cancer diagnosis. And so it's just so important that we have that support for them. Um, again, you know, medications, um, environment, um, not only the huge thing is the, the cancer diagnosis, but, you know, those are some of the things that can basically affect them. Yeah. Um, medication, you know, there are a lot of medications um, for breast cancer that can cause or may cause depression. Okay. So okay. Um, those are some of the things that, you know, that, um, you know, we, we also have to consider in addition to this huge, you know, this life changing diagnosis that affects everything and everyone. Well, I think certainly what's so true and it, it, it helps to, you know, enumerate the reason why your existence in, in a cancer space and people like you is so vital and important because cancer is not just a physical disease that impacts people from a biological perspective, but there is a mental and emotional dynamic that has to be addressed. And I say on this show often and have now for the last, what, nine years that, you know, um, cancer doesn't just affect the body. It affects the mind. It affects the emotions. And it also, there's an impact with us from a spiritual perspective, and we may get into some of that a little bit later. But I want to stay on this path and on this track. Uh, and again, uh, reading some additional information uh, that says this, that managing the, the mental health consequences of a cancer diagnosis the, a diagnosis, the stress that comes with a cancer diagnosis, to your point, can be overwhelming. Managing the psychological effects can be key to ensuring longer survivorship. And so let's dig into this a little bit. First and foremost, what motivated you to kind of get into this space, to want to kind of take this career path? I'm always interested in, in people's motivation and choosing the work that they do. Yeah, so um, when I was in school, um, initially my my major, my um, specialty was family nurse practitioner. And as I was going through school and doing a lot of the clinicals, um, I started seeing a lot of um, mental health in the primary care, you know, offices, like the visits mm. and, and you just come across it. And, you know, and it pretty much hit um, close to home for many of us. Okay. So, you know, that kind of also motivated me to, you know, do something in mental health, um, which, you know, um, I'm glad I did because I am so passionate about it. Um, and I feel like, you know, again, it's it, everyone, you know, it affects a lot of a lot of people, okay. if not everyone. Yeah. So that's what motivated me to do psychiatry. <laughs> OK, OK. Well, and it's interesting, you know, we we're now in a different place in our culture. And, you know, I would say and I could be off here. This is not a, a literal and I don't have any uh, data to support this, but I would say within the last 10 years that that there has become a much more open policy to publicly talk about mental health, mental wellness. Uh, and I know from from the community that I come from, you know, from the African-American community, historically, you never talked about any type of mental health related issues. And then. Mm -hmm. And then when you add the subset of the community in the African-American community, as an example, 
of the faith community, you really didn't talk about anything related to mental health. You just said you just prayed it away. You, you know, you told your pastor, your pastor sat down and, you know, said, listen, let's just trust God or read a scripture or whatever, uh, sing a song. But we never openly ever talked about, hey, there are some other dynamics here that 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 may need to be addressed beyond just spiritually trying to apply certainly things that made sense. But in terms of talking to a mental health expert or professional or family counseling or therapy, that was taboo. And still in some communities, Mm -hmm. that still is true today. Let's talk about uh, how encouraged are you to now know that there is a much more open door policy where people are now being encouraged and people are now seeking and taking advantage of mental health support and therapy? Oh, I... You know, I'm so encouraged and happy that it's now, you know, being more open, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's always such a stigma um, and some negative connotation that attaches to mental health. Um, From, you know, from many years ago, it's it's, you're not allowed to talk about, you know, how you feel, your feelings, your, the depression or any of that stuff, because you're labeled as, oh, you're quote unquote, you know, crazy. Right, right, right. right, So. It's such a huge stigma. It's not. It's, you know, we have to remember that, you know, our our mind, our brain is also an organ that we need some, you know, tender, loving care, okay. right? I like how you um, said that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So we also need to take care of that. And somehow it's always, it seems like it's the last thing that we put on our list. It's mm. like, oh, let's take care of our blood pressure, our diabetes first and all that. But the mind is always the last one to take care of, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, of course, set aside the the medical part of it, okay? This is more of the mental part. right? Um, and so, you know, the huge stigma is out there. Um, therapy for psychotherapy to see a therapist is such a huge stigma. Um, you know, as a psychiatric provider's, our goal is to gap that stigma, that negative connotation that attaches to mental health because it's so important. I always encourage um, our patients that, you know, you have to be mentally healthier to be able to go through this journey, this cancer journey. And so it's so important that we get them there um, so that they have the you know, the, the spirit, the mental, the emotional, Mm -hmm. um, to go to get through, you know, what this hardest journey in their life that they're going through. You know what I, if if you didn't say anything else, and this is why I love doing what I do, because I always learn something. It's the reason why I, one of my mentors told me, he said, if you're always the smartest person in the room, he said, you need to change rooms. You always need to sit in a room where there's somebody who knows something that you don't know or who is smarter than you so you can learn something at the end of the day. And you taught me something today that I've never thought of or correlated with, and that is that our brain, our mind is an organ and that it requires uh, to be nurtured and to be attended to just like our heart or just like mm-hmm. our, our kidneys or our lungs. It's, it's, it is a biological organ that requires to be attended to and and addressed accordingly. And so I think for a lot of people who who tend to think that, you know, our mind or our brain is just some it's kind of this ethereal psychosocial and I know we use that term for obvious reasons, but there but but it 
it, it helps me to see that my brain is there's a concrete dynamic to my brain that requires to be attended to just like any other organ in my body. And if you ignore it, if you don't mm-hmm. understand the dynamics of it and the things that impact it, which is what we're talking about here from a cancer perspective, you know, going back to the list that I read earlier today, what generally is associated based upon the information that I read, stress, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. uh, PTSD. I think everybody today, when they hear the term PTSD, uh, you get a person's attention. That 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 is very significant that can be associated with or a byproduct of of either being diagnosed with cancer or going through a cancer diagnosis. You know, I'm a cancer mm-hmm. survivor. And so I really can tap into some of this and understand when you hear the words that you have cancer, psychologically, man, your brain goes into a different place. It goes into overload. It starts moving in mm-hmm. a lot of directions that if you do not re- uh, have the, the, the requisite tools to help manage what's going on in your head and leave that unaddressed, that has significant consequences. Yes, that's correct. I couldn't agree more. Um, and this is the reason why in psychiatry, you know, a lot of and what I've noticed is with um, with cancer patients is that um, they go straight to a defense mechanism. Right. Okay. So in psychiatry, we have a lot of defense mechanism that's good and bad. Right. right. Um, not all defense mechanisms are bad and not all of them are good. So they go through this defense mechanism, and the common ones I see is intellectualization. Okay, ah, so let's talk this about is that. Where, yeah, so this is where um, a patient would once they're you know they're diagnosed, they have so many things in their mind, right? Like you said, yeah, like you just mentioned, um, so many emotions, so many questions, and and they're just going through so much that they start going into the internet, um, search researching things for hours talking to an individual that may have the same, you know, diagnosis, um, joining an online, you know, um, group with the same diagnosis. I mean, they they basically turns um, into that intellectualization mood, right? Right. They they think about trying to learn everything um, that they can think of um, for with their diagnosis to disassociate them from, to disconnect them from the emotion okay. that they're going through. Okay. So it's a very common, you know, so defense mechanism, the, it, it, our, our mind goes there, okay. right? Okay. It's because I need to find out what I need to do. Right. But, you know, the thing about it is that you're disconnecting yourself from the emotion, right? Because you don't want the anxiety, you don't want all the stress. So you disconnect yourself from that. Um, and unresolved emotional pain can lead to, you know, depression and anxiety if it's not um, addressed. And, and what's interesting about this, and, and I've, I've learned this uh, recently, because I've done a couple of shows around this topic, but not so in-depthly as you're going into it, is that you're exactly right because, you know, once we kind of are access to something that gives us distress, uh, concern, or or even raises uh, our our energy level to a point of, you know, warning, warning, something's happening, you know, there's a whole host of things that starts happening to us uh, physiologically and starting with our brain and, and the actual 
uh, physical component of our brain, but then you, you also mentioned the emotional component of what is a byproduct of that. And one of the things that I learned is that, you know, again, unaddressed, then you talk about, we, we mentioned it, stress, anxiety, depression. Those uh, dynamics that are unaddressed then can help exasperate one's cancer journey or diagnosis. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about unaddressed. So again, stress, which then I think if, if I understand this correctly, you're the expert, you correct me if I'm wrong here, is that, you know, uh, adrenaline and cortisol uh, then gets released and then we get into a fight or flight, you know, kind of mechanism that, mm-hmm. you know, raises this, you know, it just heightens all sorts of things that's happening to us that if we're not really able to manage that or sort through that, which is why, again, a person like you, someone that is in the clinical field that maybe we need to sit down and talk to. Uh, You -hmm. mentioned earlier maybe a group of some sort, and we'll get into that in another conversation. Uh, If we're not doing something with that or managing that and let that just run its course, then it it creates these byproducts of stress, anxiety, depression that then can help exasperate the physical condition of the cancer diagnosis itself how do we how do we deal with that? What are we supposed to do? What should people do uh, by and large with those type of scenarios? You know, it's it's um, it's it's such a difficult thing to, you know, to. Um, it's, it's difficult for everyone. Right. But I really think, you know, mental health is is such an important thing because we as clinicians can help the individuals either by medication management okay. or by, you know, by supportive therapy or psychotherapy, see therapists or someone, um, professionals in the mental health that can help maybe process those emotions. Okay. There's a lot of things going on, you know, especially when someone is just first diagnosed with cancer. Um, again, it affects so much and, and so many things that it's, you know, it's, it's good to have someone as your allied, uh, you know, pr- uh, a professional in the psychiatric um, area to where we can help kind of process those emotions. We can help those by and, either medication or therapy. And that's where we're going to we're going to conclude this conversation for right now. We're going to do a part B to this. And in part okay. B, what I want us to do is that I want you to step us through an example of your day of initially either being. Uh, engage with someone that may be exhibiting these type of symptoms or tendencies? And how do you start, quote unquote, uh, a clinical conversation of working through uh, a diagnosis, recommendation, and, and some things that people can possibly do? And I want to make clear here, we are not giving anyone any medical advice here. We we are simply giving you a a construct to consider so that when you go back to your medical care provider, your doctor, wherever you are receiving treatment, that you sit down and have an appropriate conversation with your medical care team. But let's talk about an example of your day from a moment of first entry to being triggered to see a patient and how you try to help step them through this process. So we're going to do that in the second uh, portion of this show. But right now you have heard from uh, now my friend, because anybody that comes on Health Open Inspiration is now my family and my friend, uh, Sheena Hill Dilla. She is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. 
Uh, she has been with City of Hope Phoenix for now 11 years working in this capacity. And she also has a personal connection uh, and passion, I would think, with cancer because she lost her dad to cancer, her father-in-law, I should say, excuse me, to cancer, and she lost an uncle to cancer. So there's also a real personal commitment uh, to the work that she does with this community. Come back. You don't want to miss the second part of this show because we're going to hear an example of how this healthcare professional steps through a process of helping uh, people work through the possible dynamics of stress, anxiety, depression, PTSD, etc. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And if you enjoyed that conversation, that interview with our guest today, make sure you join us again next time when she'll be back with us to talk with Percy McRae more about our brains. Uh, We'll talk with Percy about this more in just a moment on this week's edition. But you know what? Talking about our brains, how about our brains in meditating? We're excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations have teamed up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful, and that, of course, feeds our brain, doesn't it? You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. Rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for a free subscription. Free. Quiet your mind. Relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Did you get that? HHI to 22433. And we believe you'll be blessed and encouraged by a subscription to this free meditation app. Percy, I just think that uh, maybe that meditation is uh, part of the solution what we, we've been talking about here today. Oh, absolutely. And quieting our mind and, and, and settling our brain and, you know, from the scramble and of all that's going on and the hustle and bustle of the day, I, I think that that makes perfectly good sense. And that's one of probably many avenues that we can take to take better care of our minds yeah. and our brains. Yeah. One of the unique things about this podcast is we have access to all these medical professionals uh, like uh, Sheena, whom we heard from today, uh, who works at City of Hope in uh, Phoenix, right? Correct. She is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. That's a mouthful. Uh, But she has been at City of Hope Phoenix now for 11 years. Uh, She started out in a very different capacity. and Then she shifted over into kind of the mental health space. And she was very passionate in talking about the importance of, you know, why we need to uh, address uh, the dynamic of what's going on. Uh, in mental health. And as the statistic that I read earlier today, there's probably more people, particularly in the cancer community, and it certainly makes sense, right, that, you know, the average person being told that they have cancer, there's going to be kind of a mental kind of stress and anxiety and, uh, dare I say, possible PTSD that may take place Mm. from the rigor and the stress of being told that you have cancer and then working through you know, some of the dynamics of of treatment and care. And so a mental health care specialist within the four walls of, of an oncology facility certainly makes a lot of sense at the end of the day. I think that's it? fabulous. I, I did not know that was taking place, and I'm glad to hear about it. Yeah, and so she referred to it as supportive psychotherapy, which is how she kind of approaches uh, engaging her patients, you know, either from a referral perspective uh, by one of the medical team members or or patient themselves who may say, hey, I think I need to sit down and talk with someone. I'm feeling uh, a bit out of control or I, I, I don't seem to have a, a sense of, of balance in, in what's happening to me mentally and emotionally. Then, you know, people like Sheena is called upon within 
you know, the City of Hope uh, infrastructure, and then they come and provide a, a, an assessment, you know, in some cases a diagnosis, you know, maybe even a recommendation of some follow-up care that may help to facilitate whatever the dynamics are that, that people are going through. But the reality is, is that cancer patients are, are really uh, optimal candidates for really struggling with kind of mental health related challenges mm-hmm, for sure mm-hmm. yeah well i gotta tell you it stretched my mind even to think about and to, to hear about these issues that she brought up today you know caring for our brain <laughs> it was an amazing statement you know i consider myself to be a, a rather intelligent you know well-versed young man at the end of the day i've never thought of or heard the phraseology as sheena placed it that our brain our mind is a living organ and that it requires servicing. It requires being uh, taken care of. She said, just like blood pressure or your diabetes or whatever. And I don't think that we really think about our brain in that context. You know, I think we think of it being more ethereal. But but there is a living organ there that that is susceptible to damage, that is susceptible to chemical imbalance, and certainly occurrences and things that may take place in our lives that then puts us in a tailspin, if you will, mentally and psychologically. And she said, uh, we need to take better care of our brain and our mind because we need to remember that it is an organ at the end of the day. And I thought that that was very profoundly stated. Yeah, indeed. Well, as we said earlier, uh, she will be back. Sheena Hill-Dilla will be back with us next week Mm -hmm. to talk more about this issue. This is just such an important issue, and there's more to say. So, uh, Percy, I appreciate you uh, dividing up over two weeks, and uh, we'll get more next time. Yeah, we'll be and we'll be having more conversations with others. And, you know, if if you've noticed the theme of late, we've kind of had we've been on this theme a little bit. We know Dr. Benson and others that we're we're, going to continue to talk about the importance of 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 mental health and wellness in the oncology community and space and how we can better take care of ourselves and how we can better support those uh, who may be struggling from a mental health perspective and uh, and provide to them the support that's needed. So stay tuned. To yes. That. And all of those programs are in the archive, which is a beautiful thing now <laughs> with podcasts. You can go back and listen anytime on demand. So check that out at healthhopeandinspiration.com or any one of a number of podcast platforms where we're heard as well, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. All right. We have a resource called The Battle of the Mind, which uh, goes hand in hand, with, of course, with our topic today. This is our featured resource, so tell me about it. Yeah, I wrote this resource with this dynamic in mind. Early on, when I, uh, when I first graduated from uh, Bible college, one of the things that became very clear and apparent to me is uh, I did not believe that at the time, from a theological perspective, that we really talked enough about what's going on mentally with us. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, spiritual leaders and churches and people of faith— you know, we talk about the our spiritual prowess and our spiritual necessities, but we there wasn't a lot of conversation about what's going on with us mentally. And I think it was because of taboo and people being a little, you know, we will just pray that away or we'll just kind of read a scripture. Or we'll just listen to a song. And, you know, all of those have its place. But there is also an element and a level of of dynamics that happens to us mentally. And so I wrote this resource with that in mind to understand that there's a battle going on for our mind, a a war being waged over our mental faculties. If indeed we believe in the 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 dynamic of of spirits of good and evil and the the kingdom of darkness and et cetera, et cetera, then we also need to understand that there is a fight for our mind, for the for our consciousness, the way that we think 
And this resource was written to kind of help people think through that and then help to reinforce uh, guarding your mind. The Bible says guard your mind with with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So there are some things that we should be doing, or as Sheena told us, we need to be taking better care of our brain or better care of our mind while we're also taking care of our, our spirit. And that's what this uh, resource is designed to help people do, give us some practical information around taking care of and understanding that there is a war being waged uh, for your brain and for your mental thought process. And we need to protect that and guard that at all costs. Taking care of our brain is both spiritual and physical, both, yes, both aspects. So this can help indeed. The Battle of the Mind is the resource. It's available at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Dot com. All right, the battle of the mind is is uh, well stated by Paul in Romans chapter 12. You said it earlier. <laughs> well, and we'll read it as we close. Verse number two, I beseech you, I am, be- listen to the, the heart of this yeah. man. I am begging you, please, 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 uh, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, Paul, how do we do that? He tells us, which is holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So the question is, how do we present our bodies to God? He says, well, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, changed, renewed uh, in our mind and our thinking. And in many cases, Wayne, we're probably going to have to do some real work in this area because sometimes uh, individuals have been traumatized by dynamics, people, places, things, and events that is going to require some assistance and, and maybe even some professional help in renewing our mind and adjusting our thought processes. But to your point, this is not just a spiritual exercise, folks. This is also uh, a physical exercise that re- that will require help. And we may need to turn to professionals that will allow us to kind of process through that as we begin to renew and realign our thinking to who God says that we are and what God says that we can do. And so according to this text, uh, we've got some work to do so that we won't be conformed to this world, but that we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, thank you for bringing this topic to us and the guest who's going to join us again next time here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, your conclusion? Well, while we're working on our mind, I want you to think about this. You've got work to do. I've got work to do. So let's keep chopping the wood. Don't give up and don't give in. Again, tomorrow potentially can be a better day. God bless. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope 
is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.